0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Mr. Fryer, let's go.
0: Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, in Odyssey Station.
1: Previously on The Lawrence Holmes Show. I was told... The problems the Bulls are having with perimeter defense are going to be fixed because Alex Caruso is going to come back. Fam, that has not been the case. That's not been the case. And the Bulls' struggles against good teams continues. Right now, the Bulls are a half game up on Cleveland. The Bulls are in the fifth spot, okay? A half game up on Cleveland and a game and a half up on Toronto. Tonight's game becomes really important. And Fred Van Bleet, Rockford's finest, is going to be available for this game. I know that we keep waiting for something to happen. And now we get the, well, Patrick Williams is back. Project Pat is back. He's back. So that means that the perimeter defense is going to get, wait a minute, as Ray J would say. I was told that the perimeter defense was going to get better when Caruso came back. And now he's been back, what, five games? That has gotten in. All I see is guards getting loose on the Bulls. So we'll see. We shall see. Make me a bicycle clown. It was a ton better last night. Fantastic work by the Bulls. Very important win. Let's celebrate. Nice job. My name is Lawrence Holmes, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock on the show today. NFL linebacker K.J. Wright is going to be on the show at 1 o'clock. Scott Suttles, who was Tim Anderson's high school basketball coach, he's going to be on the show. There's a new documentary about Tim that's out right now. I actually watched the first part of it before the show today. It's really good. I think if you're a White Sox fan, you will be interested, and you will be interested in the history of one Tim Anderson. We'll talk with his high school coach about all of that. But first, the Bulls with a huge win last night against Toronto. Cody Westerland is going to join me to discuss it next here on The Score.
2: Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio
0: 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and Odyssey Station.
1: Give me some of them cookies, too, that uh, Coach gave me. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard yeah. about that, P-Dub. Got them it's cookies, spread, boy. Spread the wealth, man. Cookies. Can't eat those no more. <laughs> Patrick Williams is back. That highlight courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Stacy and Adam having some fun with Project Pat who played pretty well last night in the 19 minutes that he was on the floor. The Bulls win a very important game last night. They have a very important game tonight. Cody Westerland joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. (laughs) Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Cody, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing today, Lawrence? I'm doing pretty well,
2: man. That was a big win for the Bulls. How did they get it done last night? That was back to the Bulls team we we remembered from early in the season. I think the place I would go in citing how they got it done was just the turnover margin. The Bulls had six turnovers of their own, which is a spectacular number in taking care of the ball, and they forced 14, and they had 29 points off those 14 turnovers. So that's what we remember from early in the year with the Bulls getting out in transition as often as they could, and they looked great. Io DeSumo moved to the bench role, Alex Caruso in the starting lineup in what was kind of the last card, I think, for, for Billy Donovan to kind of play here that could make a huge difference. Obviously, Pat Williams could be reinserted in the starting lineup uh, here once he's off a minutes restriction as well. But that's a team that when they can create havoc on defense uh, is a really good basketball team. And when they don't, it's a team that we've seen struggle for long stretches, including in a two and eight skid recently. Before that huge win over the Ra- the Raptors, uh, that's probably going to keep the Bulls out of the playing round, obviously, and keeping them in that five seed right now.
1: I like the approach from Io uh, coming off the bench, where we saw aggression from him. It's it's not that he can't score; it's that he usually uses his time to be a distributor. It looked like he 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 looked passed up opportunities to pass last night and shot the ball, and I enjoyed that approach against that particular opponent.
2: Yeah, it seems like when he's on that second unit, maybe sometimes he's a little more aggressive with his chances because he's not playing with as many star offensive players for such long stretches. And when you look at Io when he's out there with just DeMar or just with Zach um, in a situation, he understands he has a good feel for the game. He understands that sometimes that means he needs to attack the hoop more than maybe when he's out there with Zach Vooch and DeMar, obviously, and we've seen in recent weeks, kind of Io's offensive um, production's been a little bit more inconsistent. And I think that's why also it made sense to get back um, to, to this kind of approach for the Bulls. They needed to make a change coming off a really rough stretch. And Alex Caruso is one of their biggest difference makers in how they dictate the tempo of a basketball game. And io has been a good defender this year. He's been everything you would hope as a rookie, I think, what you take in the second round. But he's nothing like Alex Caruso on the defensive end when it comes to wreaking havoc. And I think that's something that Billy Davis obviously said. It's a long-term move. Caruso being in the starting lineup. Lonzo Ball, it's looking like, is unlikely Uh, obviously to return here in the next 10 days, looking unlikely to return in the regular season, if we're really reading the tea leaves on everything. So you could see Alex Caruso being the starting point guard for this team um, for the rest of the season uh, in many ways. How did you think Patrick Williams did? I thought he looked good. Billy Donovan said he moved well. I kind of thought the same thing. I was looking at the stat sheet here, three of eight from the field uh, had a few good looks. He missed an open three pointer in the corner. What what might've been an easy put back for him if he was in rhythm, but You could feel his physical presence in a way that you just don't with some of these other bulls off the bench. You know, like Derrick Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr. These guys are skinnier basketball players. Javante Green's three or four inches shorter than Patrick Williams. So even when you just plug him in there for 18 or 19 minutes, he just walls off the other team um, from a defensive standpoint a little easier than those guys do because Pat has more strength and more height. And I thought that mattered. You saw him get a steal, get out and transition and finish a finish a layup. That was good to see. Cracked a smile after that one too. So you could tell how happy he was to be back, how rough it was for him to go five months without playing and just watch his teammates. And here recently watched him struggle and not help. So a really good all around night I think for the Bulls. I think obviously you'll see a bigger role for Pat Williams once his uh minutes limit goes up. And look, he played 18-19 last night, but he was cleared for 25. So I think that minutes uh those minutes could go up um quite a bit here fairly soon to be honest.
1: Yeah, I was wondering at the end of the game when they they had it, they were up like 16. I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, is this a, an opportunity for for P will to get some more minutes. And then I'm like, well, you know that there is another game that's right around the corner. So why not just save some of those minutes for tonight? Cause you're going to need them. What's the, the latest on Zach Levine and his readiness for tonight's game against Milwaukee.
2: He's good to go. He's not on the injury report and should note that the bucks do have Chris Middleton ruled out tonight with a wrist injury that isn't serious, but sounds like they're uh, keeping the, the playoff picture in mind and resting some of these starters anytime they have minor ailments. So that's a small break for, for the Bulls, not having one of Milwaukee's three best players out on the court. That should be good to go. He said he felt good last night. Uh, and I actually liked, I know he passed up a couple open three pointers last night that is like kind of wide open and you're like, Whoa, Zach, what's going on there? You know, the ball got rotated on one into the corner, I think for Pat Williams to get a look, but Zach's a star. You'd rather have him shooting those, but he did that with an attacking mindset in, in mind. And that's something Billy Donovan and the coaching staff's really been hammering. So I think that's a really good sign that he's going to the hoop. I know sometimes maybe he forces a a touch, um, a tad too much out there and whines to the officials when he doesn't get a call that stuff. But Zach going to the hoop is a great development for the bulls as much as he can, because it's a sign that he's trusting uh, that knee quite a bit. And after he had a slow first half and passed up a couple shots, uh, he really got it going in that third quarter. So I think right now, Uh, considering all the circumstances and concern with with Zach's knee of what it was and and how quickly anything like that can change and how scary it is, I think you got to be feeling pretty good about him lately, how you've seen him kind of change that mindset. And it just feels like he's a little more comfortable and a little more mentally at peace with his health in these last few games. Trying to stop
1: Giannis is impossible. So what could the Bulls do
2: to show different looks at him tonight? Well, that's a great question because the Bulls this year so far against Giannis have called upon Tyler Cook, who has since been uh, relegated to the G League. They once had him start and play Giannis a lot. They plugged in the two big starting lineup that everyone hated and had Tristan Thompson try to guard Giannis at the United Center a couple weeks ago. And tonight, it's kind of like you're looking at it. I don't know. It's kind of a shrug, right? Because Pat Williams, it would seem like, would make the most sense to guard Giannis. The Bucks have Brooke Lopez back, which means they kind of have two really big guys there. So it's a lot to ask Javante Green as the starting power forward to guard Giannis. But Billy hasn't committed to putting Patrick Williams in the starting lineup yet because he doesn't have the rhythm. He doesn't want to overwhelm him, and he's still on that minutes restriction. So I don't know. Maybe if you go a quick sub to Pat Williams tonight and try to mirror uh, his playing time with Giannis as much as you can, even though Pat's not starting, I think that might be in play because he's just a bigger body that probably has the best chance um, for the Bulls to try to slow down Giannis. And really, they haven't been able to do that very well here, not just this year, but the last few years. Very few teams in the NBA have the personnel to match up for that. But Pat Williams, it would seem, having a little bit bigger role tonight, I think would be the answer for for the Bulls to do their best to slow down Giannis.
1: Cody, as always, I appreciate the hard work and effort you put into your segment and all the work you do on 670thescore.com. Talk to you next week, sir. Yep, you take care. That is Cody Westerland. He covers the Bulls for us here at The Score and does a great job doing it. Check out his work on 670thescore.com and you should be following him at Cody Westerland. That's where you can follow him. He's really terrific on the Bull stuff and giving you great updates from what he's hearing from the Advocate Center and from the UC. I'm looking forward to today's Top 5. And Tuesdays, we do Top 5 Tuesday. And we've been talking about this particular category, but I thought it might be fun to put together a list. So we put together a list of top five hall of famers at the bank. This isn't just like making the most money. Like this is not like looking at Tom Brady or Eli Manning and looking at how much money they've made playing football. This is a list that more so has to do with making the money without doing the work. When we come back, my top five Hall of Famers at the bank next here on the score.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on sports radio 670 the Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Five,
1: one, two, three, four.
0: Top five Tuesdays on the Lawrence Holmes Show. But since the day is Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Top five Tuesdays. I've only seen a couple,
1: but that's definitely top five.
0: Is it Tuesday? Can't you ask me an intelligent question? Is this the Lawrence Holmes Show? you damn yeah. Then it's top five Tuesdays on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Got it? Good.
1: Top five Tuesday. Today is a fun one because we are going to talk about Hall of Famers at the bank. My top five Hall of Famers at the bank. So, this isn't the athlete that makes the most money. We're not talking about LeBron because LeBron is seemingly working for every dollar that he, he gets. We, at some point, should probably talk about that dunk yesterday over Kevin Love. That was Tom Chambers-esque. Go look up Tom Chambers for those of you who are like, who the hell is Tom Chambers? Go look it up. Mark Jackson.
2: Woo!
1: Got to know Tom Chambers real well. I think that may be one of the highest dunks in NBA history because he gets elevated with contact with Jackson, and he's coming down on the rim. Go look it up. Tom, Cham- right now, if you if you're like, who th- what is Lawrence talking about? Tom Chambers, Mark Jackson, one of the best bestunks ever. And last night was reminiscent of that. We're not talking about the highest paid athletes. We're not talking about you know Bryce Harper's deal. Bryce was an MVP this past season. We're not talking about Manny Machado. None of that stuff. We're talking about people that are getting paid more to do less. It's a dream in the sports world, an absolute dream. So I've got five people for you. Number five.
0: Back out to Snell, going to try another three. Wood active on the offensive boards and causing the foul. Richard uh, Snell coming back from
1: the flu. I'm guessing that it takes you a while to get your wind and your cardio back after that. Well, he's shooting like he had the cone That's the way he's shooting right now. So hopefully he'll be feeling right. better and get his stroke right. right. Brandon, when we talk in basketball statistically, what's a Snell? Come on, you getting all zeros? Yes. Across the board. I think he did that twice too. All zeros. All zeros. Board. And this is a guy that d- he does play minutes. Like, this year for New Orleans, he's averaging 21 minutes a game. And then you start looking at the rest of his numbers, it's not great. But he's done it, like, played, like, 20 minutes and not scratched a statistic other than fouls. Now ask me, how much money has Tony Snell made in his NBA career? Lawrence, how
0: much money did Tony Snell make in his career?
1: $52 million. He's made $52 million in 10 years in the NBA. You remember he was a bull for a while. Drafted by the Bulls. And got that big contract, I think, with the Pistons right after that. Milwaukee. There it is. He, he got the big contract with Milwaukee. He's still playing ball. The Bulls are going to see him in a couple of nights when they play New Orleans. Tony Snell has made $52 million. And that's why he's a Hall of Famer at the bank. Number four.
0: Dominique has to really be concerned about Gill, who's looking hot in this game. Drives, gets around not only Wilkins but also
1: Conkac on the move for his 12th point of the ball game. Yes, John. First of all, it's nice to have a highlight with our man Kendall Gill in the highlight. John Conkac. John Conkac. You're like, Lawrence, who the hell is John Koncak? That's what I was thinking. John Koncak was a backup center in the NBA in the 80s and 90s. He was a backup center, but he still somehow in 1989 signed a contract for six years and $13 million as a backup. Here are the people that he was making more money than in 1989. Scottie Pippen? John Stockton, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, Dominique Wilkins, who was on his team, and he was making the same amount of money as Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. And you don't know who John Koncak is. This is why he's a Hall of Famer at the bank. Number three.
0: Here comes
1: the money. This is during a Notre Dame punt. There's Weiss, John Ryan pushed into Weiss, and this is Joe Theisman esque. Watch the
0: leg on the coach. Oh. I mean, that's horrible. Back of his left knee
1: reportedly a torn ACL and MCL for Charlie Weiss less than a week after his old quarterback, Tom Brady, suffered the same injury. That's right. Charlie Weiss spent a lot of time working in the NFL for Bill Belichick. He's one of the Belichick disciples. Then he became the coach at Notre Dame. And things went okay at first, and then they went really badly. So the people bought Charlie Weiss out. But while they were buying him out at Notre Dame, he went and coached Kansas. And he was really bad at Kansas. So they bought him out too. Between the contract at Notre Dame and the contract at Kansas, plus the actual buyout money, Charlie Weiss made $65 million to not coach Notre Dame and to not coach Kansas football. Good
0: Lord, that's a lot of money.
1: It's a lot of money. Key of the schematic advantage that Notre Dame was going to have because he was such a brilliant offensive mind that he was going to come in there and run people over. $65 $65 million to go home. They paid that man. Notre Dame was like, we don't want you here anymore. His buyout was like $19 million. We don't want you coaching no more, man. Here's $19 million. Go away. But between the two schools, money earned while not coaching, Charlie Weiss, $65 million. And that right there makes you a Hall of Famer at the bank. Number two.
0: <laughs> Second and goal from the 10. 14-yard difference on the play.
1: As they get Cohen into the end zone. Tariq Cohen from Chase Daniel. Boy, and Daniel strikes on the very next play. Chase Daniel is a first-ballot Hall of Famer at the bank. Chase Daniel has started five games. Five in his NFL career. To put it into perspective. Chase Daniel has thrown 241 passes. And people are like, what about Kirk Cousins? Kirk has to work for his money. Kirk Cousins has been sacked 261 times. Daniel has thrown 241 passes. Kirk has been sacked 261 times. Yes, what he's the finesse that he's been able to show is impressive, but he still gets hit. Chase Daniel is going to finish his NFL career. He's probably going to make around 50 million to never play. And then Someone's going to be like, you know who's a genius? Chase Daniel. He should be our offensive coordinator and probably our head coach. Or he's a charismatic, smart guy, fun to listen to. He ends up in a booth and takes over for Troy Aikman or Kirk Herbstreet or any of the other millionaires that are out there. In other words, Chase Daniel ain't done making money yet, and he's making money without having to play. That makes you a first ballot Hall of Famer. But it's not number one. Number
0: one. Here
2: comes the money. Here we go. Money talk.
0: Here comes the money. Money, money,
2: money.
1: Bonilla hits it well. Is it far enough? It is gone. A home run. Bobby Bonilla. Every July first through 2032. We celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day. And before you tell me, had he gotten all this money in a lump sum, he could have put it in a mutual fund, and he'd have even more money today, I'm here to tell you, shut your mouth! Every July 1st, because the folks that run the Mets didn't have cash on hand, and because of Bernie Madoff, they had to defer some payments to Bobby Bonilla. On July 1st of every year through 2032, Bobby Bonilla gets a deposit of $1.2 million sent into his account. So just think about it. It's June 30th. You at the club. You're Bobby Bonilla. You're like, man, I'm running out of money. You walk out of the club. It's midnight. You check the account. No, I'm not. I'm back, baby. I'm back with my $1.2 million. Now, there are other places, like the White Sox had a deferred contract. Frank Thomas, believe he's still making some money. But the, the fact that this man is going to be getting that direct deposit, the direct deposit's going to hit every July 1st. Like clockwork. Makes him number one Hall of Famer at the bank, Bobby Bonilla. I think Ken Griffey Jr.'s got a deal with Cincinnati like this too. Where he's still getting money, but damn, don't it feel good to be a gangster? That's my top five. If you don't like my top five, let's make your own damn list. Back after this with K.J. Wright here on The Score.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours